man. Let's just keep it going. We're going divisional here on the Double I Fantasy Island Fantasy Football Edition. You with me today, T? I'm with you. All right, man. We're just going to keep the ball rolling, keep going divisional. We got a lot to talk about today. We want to thank everyone for joining us. But you know what? Let's just get into it, T. You're going to go ahead and talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Jump on it, brother. You know, King, this one's a little interesting to me only because of the fact that, you know, there's so much potential there. There's such a dynamic over there at the Cardinals, but they just haven't, I don't know, found their stride or or, or hit their stride. I, I don't know. It just it just kind of baffles me sometimes. Right. So obviously you got Kyler Murray there. <clears throat> no question. He, he's a top fantasy quarterback and for anybody to draft. Right. I mean, the guy averaged. Tons of fantasy points, but but here's the interesting. I'm gonna, I know we don't talk a lot about stats, King, but let me throw you out a, a real quick stat about Kyler Murray. Right? Everybody says about how injury prone he is, which he is. Right? I mean, we're, I mean, there's no denying that. However, when he came back from injury, you know they weren't the best. Right? They didn't they didn't excel. They struggled and barely made the playoffs. But Kyler Murray averaged 20 fantasy points per game. After he came back from injury, that's really surprising to me. I mean, just goes to show before he got hurt last season, he was tearing it up, right? So I think Kyler Murray is a huge fantasy pickup if you can. And let's talk about some of the weapons that he has around him, right? So we have James Conner coming back, got the bag this year too, right? So he got the big contract, you know, Chase Edmonds gets chased out. And Connor's like he's oh, the number like one back. Tea. You like that one, huh? Get there, huh? Right. Yeah, you hey. like that? Yeah, throwing the wit out early. Go ahead, wit. Connor got the bag as well, so he is going to be the number one back, right? He's <clears throat> he's going to be your goal line guy, like what he did last year. He's going to be between the tackles type of guy. My biggest concern with him is durability as always, right? It's been kind of his his MO for his whole entire career, right? You know, so I I, I kind of I, I want to get Connor high, which he will go high, right? We we always say not to look at the ADP, but ADP, let's be honest with you, he's gonna go high, right? Just based off of what he did last year. But I really think that when you look at the the backfield now, you got Daryl Williams in there, who's a really good, you know, you know, pass catching back coming out of there. I really do think that that you know Connor's going to be a little bit of a downgrade this year. He's going to take a step back, but I don't really see him being like a like a huge step back. I just don't see him repeating what he did last year, right? Which yeah, no, I think I agree with that. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? You know, but then now let's go into our, our wide receivers, right? Elephant in the room, Marquise Brown, right? The Cardinals went out and they got Marquise Brown this year, which, come on, he's he's a stud. He's going to be big for them. But I really think from a fantasy standpoint, he's only going to be that stud and that big for the first six weeks. 
And why is that? Because D hop is suspended. And after that six weeks, D hop gets out of suspension and he's going to come back and it's D hops team. We already know that. Right. But now you got two stud receivers. You got a one and a two or a one and one a, however you want to say it. But I really do think that, you know, Marquise Brown is a great addition. I really do think having D hop there and yes, D hop did take a step back last year in fantasy points from the previous year's I get that, right? But it's just the offense. You got to look at how the offense is run, how how they scheme this for this offense, right? It, it that's just how it is. And then when you look at the addition that they brought into last year, that also kind of took into D Hop's catches as well, was they upgraded the tight end midseason last year, and they went out and got Zach Ertz from Philadelphia, right? And before they didn't really have a tight end in their scheme. You know, they were doing a lot of a, a lot of blocking with their tight ends. They weren't really doing much with it. But then they go out and they get a guy like Ertz. And now Ertz has become a, a, a pivotal part of that offense now. Right. So they have a lot of weapons around them. There is going to be kind of to your point when we were talking, I forget which team we were talking about, but we were when we covered on our previous episode, you were saying there's so many mouths to feed and throwing you know, the balls around. I think when we were talking about the Raiders, you mentioned that, right? This is a similar situation, right? You got a great quarterback, you got some good pieces at running back, and you got some stud receivers, and you got a really good tight end, right? And, and at some, some weeks... Zach Ertz is going to be one of the top tight ends in the league from production standpoint, right? So Ertz is a good fantasy pickup for me too. Hell, I picked him up a couple of years ago in one of my drafts. Remember, I don't know if you remember this, King, but you gave me a bunch of crap for that one. And Zach Ertz actually ended up having a monster year for me, right? So he has that potential with a guy like Kyler Murray throwing him the ball, but it's just going to be spread out. And there's a lot of mouths to feed if, if you ask me. So there's a lot of fantasy relevance. Guys are going to get their points, but I really do think that it's going to be spread out in this team this year. Yeah, no, I remember that year, T. And the reason I gave you shit is because he was your second tight end. You got lucky because he blew up and he supplanted the tight end you drafted before him. But he was in Philadelphia at that point. He so, was. Yeah, and it's a different kind of offense there. They're a more spread kind of offense in Arizona. I think a couple guys you didn't even mention, they have A.J. Green, who still was very productive last year and stayed on the field for most of the year. And a kid that was coming up last year that I think is going to take a bigger chunk this year, Rondell Moore. So I think that's the the key is that you hit the nail on the head is target shares are going to go down for a guy like D-Hop just because there's more mouths to feed. But hey, right. pretty good perspective, man. I like it. You're throwing your coconuts out there again. Pretty good. You got to. You got to. All right, man. So I'm going to go ahead and keep the ball rolling and talk about the mighty Seattle Seahawks. You know, everybody thinks they're just, they're done. They got rid of Russell Wilson. They're not going to be anything. What were they with Russell Wilson? They were a running team that threw when they needed to. And the thing that was lucky for them was they had a guy who could throw the ball pretty good. I don't know if they have that anymore. They didn't go out and draft anybody. Everybody still think that's that's going to be the landing spot for Jimmy G. It's the only one left. I don't know. You know, they got Drew Locke thrown in the deal from Denver for Russell Wilson. They got old man Geno Smith there. Geno Smith already injured him. Drew Locke wasn't able to play because he was in health and safety protocols because he tested positive for COVID. So I'm not sure what they're going to do at that position. Obviously, long-term, it's not one of those guys. 
But I think they're just going to try to ride out this year and try to get one of the running backs in the draft. I think that there is an opportunity for these guys to have a decent year. So I think they have an opportunity to, you know, at least be serviceable. I probably wouldn't draft them. They're probably both free in this, in this, you know, in, in any kind of fantasy setup. But I think that the relevance of a couple guys here is going to be is going to be tested this year. And I think the biggest one's going to be DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf is still being drafted relatively high at his draft position. He is a physical beast. He's a monster. He can outrun anybody for his size. No one can match up with him. But can anybody put the ball out there for him? I know Drew Locke can, but I just don't know if the productivity is going to be the same as Russell Wilson. I know the offense doesn't really predicate itself on throwing the ball down the field, but when they did, Tyler Lockett was their guy. So I think those two guys are going to take the biggest substantial hits. I think their backfield's a little bit screwy. I think they're not really sure what's going to happen there again. I think they're in a rebuilding mode in, in trying to do it in a quiet form. You know, two guys that they lost on that team, Russell Wilson and the other side, Bobby Wagner, they changed the whole team this year. So knowing that, they're going to try to run the ball again. Last year, Rashad Penny basically established himself in the last four games as a guy. Actually, the last six games last year, he was the best running back in the NFL. But can he stay on the field? He didn't play the first, you know, 11 games. Or he played one out of 11 games and he played the last six. So if he can stay on the field and put up those numbers, yeah, maybe he can reach his potential at some point. He was a first-round draft pick out of San Diego State back in the day. Chris Carson being retired opened the door for Kenneth Walker, who's already banged up and had a little bit of a hernia and basically had to get a hernia procedure done last week or this week. And they're hoping he'll be back at the start of the regular season. So those things might linger. We'll see what happens there. But again, I think the fantasy relevant guys on this team and the ones to really look at and the ones to scrutinize and you're going to have to take a shot on are the receivers because we're not really sure how their productivity is going to be. For sure, you can count on the consistency of their productivity not being the same because they won't be as consistent as they have been in the past with Russell Wilson. I think they're going to have some big games because I think there's there's opportunities for each one of those guys to get a 50, 60-yard bomb early in the game for to the house. And then after that, it's all gravy on top. You know, you're having a good day with that receiver. So I think, you know, DK Metcalf has that opportunity and Tyler Lockett has the opportunity. I'm just not really sure what's going to happen. I don't think Geno Smith is going to be the guy. I think Drew Locke will, will beat him out. So I think that's better in the long run for their their fantasy value. But I think as far as Seattle winning games, not many this year. Good take, King. Let me ask you a question really fast then, right? So if the receivers in Seattle are kind of the most fantasy relevant coming out of that team, where would you take a guy like a DK or, or a Tyler Lockett? Like in what round? Like where would you draft him? DK's ADP probably has him right around the third round, fourth round, early fourth, early to mid fourth round pick, right? So that means there's going to be guys that are high on him anyway, whether they be Seattle Seahawks fans or DK Metcalf fans who might even take him before that. 
me to me i think his value now is probably going to be in that fifth to sixth round you know what i mean and i'd like him more as a wide receiver two i definitely don't want him as a wide receiver one tyler lockett i think the same thing only towards that back end of the wide receiver twos just because i think his value was his connection and his ability to run the off schedule plays with russell wilson and to sort of be in sync with him there. And that got him big chunks of yardage and made his games. So I think his fantasy relevance is a little bit lower than DK. So if DK was sixth round, Tyler Lockett eighth, ninth round. Yeah, it's not bad. I, I, I think you're 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 pretty close with that one for sure. You know, Absolutely. and they'll be drafted much higher because there both their be, ADPs sure. are much higher than that. I'm just telling you where I would rank them. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And and that's kind of what I was what I was getting at. Right. Because I think I'm more with you, lined up with you on that one, because I, I do think that there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to take them a lot quicker and a lot sooner. And those are going to be the guys that are either to your point are Seattle fans or like DK fans or they're just guys that aren't paying attention. Right. They don't follow it that closely and they don't even realize the situation over there and who's throwing the ball to these guys. And they draft you know, a name. They, you know, and that's what right. it is. You know what I mean? You draft exactly. the name regardless of who's there or what the situation is without really taking it, that into thought or consideration. And that happens and, and a let, lot. And let's be, let, let's, let's be honest, right? There's guys that get enamored with, with other dudes because they just, for whatever reason, they always take them or they always, you know, no matter what, if he's there, they're, they're going to grab him. So to your point, I mean, they'll take a name just because they know it and they know that, oh yeah, yeah, yeah everybody, you know, like he does well. You know, so yeah, I mean, that's some good shit there. You know, that, that's that's not an easy team to to tackle from a fantasy standpoint, King. So I appreciate that. No, I actually thought it was sort of easy myself. And we, we'll get into that later, man. You know, but why don't you just go in and get into the world champs, dude, and talk about the Rams. The Super Bowl champs, Los Angeles Rams, right? So there's a lot to unpack with this team. And there's a lot of fantasy relevant type of guys in there. So this was kind of hard to kind of pack it down and everything. And there might be some dudes that I'm leaving off. And I know King, you're going to say, Oh, well, you know, you left so-and-so off, but you know, I got time. So I got to be able to fit this in. All right. Number one quarterback position, Matt Stafford, right? Matt Stafford to me always kind of gets disrespected in fantasy. He's never thought of as that high. He's never thought of, a, of that guy, right? But let's think about it, right? He came from Detroit. Detroit was never a very good team, but Stafford always put up good, solid fantasy numbers, right? So I think if, if Stafford would have started his career on a better team, we would think of him and a lot differently and we would draft him a lot differently when it comes to drafting fantasy. That being said, you know, I mean, the guy averaged 20 fantasy points per game in PPR last season in a brand new offense. The, the, the guy just walked in and had to learn everything from scratch. And they, he led them to a Super Bowl. Wasn't always him. It was other guys getting the job done, too. But let's face it, he led them there. Right. So from a QB standpoint, he's a, I mean, this guy's a solid pickup, right? If you're going to, if, if you're going to be drafting and depending on your position and if there's a run on any kind of QBs and you know, some of the best guys are out there are already picked, I would take a flyer on Stafford, right? He's only going to get better. He's year two in this offense. He knows the offense better and, and he has a connection, which leads me to the connection that he has with Cooper Cup. I mean, last year was a historical year for freaking, 
you know, Cooper Cup, right? Not just for him, but I mean, just the, in the receiving position, right? And and then you look at what he can potentially repeat and do with Stafford in year two. That's sick, right? You know, history tells us that there's going to be some kind of natural regression. But quite honestly, I really look at them possibly doing the same, if not even more numbers together, right? I mean, it, that's just, that's how these guys are, right? They're special, Right. I, I think uh, Colin Cowherd always says, does he have that special? Well, both of these guys together, Stafford and Cup, they have that special. Right. Then there's then there's the 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 addition, which I love this addition of Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson is a stud. OK, he goes under the radar. I mean, talk about disrespect. Right. Yeah. Why? He played for two teams with no quarterback. Right. He he. He got he got disrespected in Chicago, but he was always producing, always over a thousand yards. And who did he have throwing him to him right over his career in Chicago? Mitch Trubisky. You know, he had a rookie quarterback in Justin Fields, who I really like. But let's face it, he was a rookie and he was in a bad, bad type of offense with Matt Nagy. So now you come to a great situation with great coaching and great everything. And you're going I, I just King, I'm just telling you right now. I look at Ellen Robinson to have not only just a bounce back year, but just to have a big, big year. Yes, there's a lot of mouths to feed. We always talk about that. But when when you talk about spreading the ball out, these all these guys get their points. They all get theirs, right? And then you got the last guy, I think, in the wide receiver category over there. And I'm looking at him to make a big leap in his third year. And, and he would be a really solid kind of late round pickup is Van Jefferson. Uh, Van Jefferson's a really good guy. He's a good player. So I'm looking at, at like Van Jefferson to be able to take that next next step in his third year. And he could have a very big breakout year in this offense this year. Going into running backs in this offense, it's not a heavy run type of offense, but, you know, Cam Akers coming back from from the injury that he had last year. I mean, he he came back early, wasn't that effective, but he was effective enough to be able to balance that offense and, and keep the defense a little bit honest. So ultimately, I think that's what helped them not just get to the Super Bowl, but win the Super Bowl because he is that threat back there. I don't look at him as having a huge fantasy relevance. I would put him as like an RB, you know, two RB three type of guy, but I wouldn't get him, you know, no, draft him as your number one running back in any kind of fantasy situation, but he is a very solid back. And then lastly, Tyler Higby, Tyler Higby as a tight end to me, you know, He's he's not a game busting tight end, right? But if you're looking for just a a solid tight end that's going to probably get touchdowns because really he gets targets in the in, in the red zone and in the end zone really. I mean, that's where he excels in. So if you don't get one of those top tight ends, you know, early in in the rounds of your draft, you know, and and you're just like, you know what? I'm not going to get the top guys. I'm going to draft other guys ahead. Tight end's not that big of a position for me because points and and however it's structured. Then I would go after a guy like Tyler Hibby who's going to get those end zone touches. You know, he's going to get those opportunities, but he's not going to get you anything. He's not going to, you know, be the be all end all that's going to make or break your fantasy team. And that's my take, King. No, absolutely. I think another guy, and like you said, there's guys to talk about, but you can't leave out Daryl Henderson. He carried the running backs last year, and they got a, a, a role carved out for him. You know, and it's like they said, you know, and 
I'm with you. I'm sort of iffy on Cam Akers, but I'll ask you a question, T. Cam, coming right at you right here, going to ask you a question. Question me. Question me. Do you like Cam Akers? No. It doesn't matter because McVeigh loves Cam Akers, dog. That's the whole (laughs) thing. It doesn't matter what we like. This dude played this dude at 70% in the playoffs last year and gave him the fucking ball more than 20 times when you had a healthy Henderson and a healthy fucking Sony Michelle, who was actually doing well in that offense. And he's gone now. Yeah, Sony Michelle's gone. It's Cam Akers' backfield. And Henderson's the spell guy, and he's the third down guy. And that's why I only talked about Akers. I just don't see how, yeah, they're, I mean, they're not going to give him the ball 300 times. I just don't see that. You know what I mean? So we'll see what happens, man. But that just leaves only one team left in that division. That's the San Francisco 49ers who took the Rams to the brink of extinct in the last game in the NFC Championship game last year. Nice. Can they repeat that? So let's go ahead and start talking about the quarterback because obviously they're going to talk about Jimmy G leaving, right? Jimmy G's, you know, the guy who took him there. He took him to the Super Bowl in Kansas City. They're going to have to cut him. They're not going to carry his money. They can't because of their cap situation. But it's a Trey Lance show now. So Trey Lance is very intriguing, T. He's one of those guys. Do you want to be the first guy on the Trey Lance hype train or do you want to wait and see? And I'm going to wait and see with him. He's definitely shown some flashes. You know what I mean? For me, I'm not going to go running out and getting him. But if he falls to me and I got absolutely nothing else because I've just been with my eyes closed at the draft, I might take him. That being said, is it really going to change the value of anybody there fantasy-wise? And when I say that, is the Jimmy G not being there going to change the value and how will it change it? And to me, I started thinking right away, what is Jimmy G? Hyper accurate guy gets rid of the ball really quick and puts it on the money. These guys don't have to break stride. That's why they get those extra yards and can break these things to the house because they never have to stop and catch the ball. I don't know if this kid can do that, but I think what this kid can do that Jimmy G can't do is scramble around back there and let these guys get behind the DBs. Because Jimmy G couldn't really do that. Jimmy G has like Herman Munster cleats on. You know what I mean? He really can't be moving around a lot out there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So my thing is, it's it's almost a wash. I think they're going to be about the same. I don't think Debo's going to have the year that he had last year. Let's face it. He had a phenomenal year last year. Everything he touched turned to gold. He got the bag. He got his money. I think they want to lighten his touches up just a bit. I think the guy who's making that the step in that offense is going to be Brandon Ayuk. I think that there's a lot of pieces there that need to be fed. It's It's going to be difficult to really project what they're going to do because of Trey Lance and what he brings. And I really think of this, and I look at it this way typically, T, in that offense, it's going to be very quarterback-friendly, very wide receiver-friendly, short passes run after the catch. It's either going to be a huge-ass year for Trey Lance, or he's going to have a medium to decent year. Debo will have another big year. Brandon Ayuk will take a step up. I think the guy's suffering in this 
and I'll use the term lightly suffering, and I'll explain why in this offense is George Kittle. And sure, he's had some injury concerns the last couple seasons and all the other things going on with him. But one of the things that sort of killed me last year after I drafted him, I just read every tidbit I could on you know the 49ers and their scheme and what they do. There are some games where they scheme Kittle to dominate in the passing, in the blocking game, not the passing game. And he's completely happy with that. And he he relishes that role more than the, the pass catching role. And when you have a guy like that who's bought into your team, it's great for the team. It just sucks in fantasy. And I'm sort of not upset that I found out after a couple of three years of drafting this guy that this is really why he had those weeks where he didn't do shit. But now it makes sense. And to me, that really drops his fantasy value. So I'm not as bullish as I have been in the past on George Kittle and always wanting him. He is going to have a couple monster games, and he usually does it at the end of the year when they need it. So depending on my situation, whatever else there with George Kittle, I might take him. The running back situation again, everybody's into a committee, but I think the one guy standing a little bit alone is Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell to me is a very intriguing pick. I think I would take him anywhere probably as in, in some drafts, depending on my strategy, as high as the second or third round depending if I'm really looking to bolster my backfield or what I'm about to do. I've had drafts where he dropped to me as my fourth running back. And that's just crazy because I think he's going to be the man there. But I also think, too, that Trey Sermon's going to get a little bit on the field this year. I think he shit the bed last year as a rookie, a really hyped rookie who was going to come in and do all these things that everyone thought he was going to do and just couldn't even get on the field. He was a healthy scratch for all these games. They got rid of old man Mostert. I think they still have Jeff Wilson. I don't know if he's got like four broken arms now or what he's got going on, but he's recovering from something. So that backfield's pretty much, there's no one else there other than Elijah Mitchell if he could stay on the field. And I think he has potential to have a pretty good year, especially if they get ahead in games, they're going to want to run the clock out. But... That's what I got on the Niners this year, T. I think it's, you know, another one of those things where there's going to be team guys, team owners that draft their players, these players really high because of what they did last year. And I don't know if they can replicate those same stats and those same numbers and points that they did last year. You know, King, I really like what you said about Ayuk because I, I, I'm like you. I see I see Ayuk as being one of those guys that's going to make a big leap this year in that offense. And I do think that Debo's going to take take a little bit of a step back and he's going to have a little bit of a natural regression where I'm a little bit iffy on still. And I think you're right about, you know, the whole Elijah Mitchell thing, because I, I, I like him a lot, but he, his health. Right. He got banged up a lot last year. Well, he was a rookie, too, you know, he, so you got to get And especially yes. at that position, at such a tough position, you got to let their bodies develop a little bit more. If they don't have that rock body that's just ready to go from the get, they got to get, you know, they got to get worked into it, man. So he's had a whole season. And and Trey Sermon has that kind of body, that one we're talking about, that bruiser body that can take the beating, the Nick Chubb body, you know, built for a running back. These smaller guys, it's hard for them. 
to take that pound. Okay. Now that was the other thing I was going to say. So you mentioned Trey Sermon, right? So my problem with Trey Sermon or, or not necessarily my problem with him, but my concern about with Trey Sermon and even drafting him is kind of what you alluded to, right? So he doesn't make the field. He doesn't get on the field. And a lot of it is because he has a hard time learning the offense. They, everybody says that he just can't learn the offense and that's why he can't get on the field. That's why he's in the doghouse is because he's not picking up the offense at all. He's had a lot of blown coverage type of things where he doesn't pick up a block. Well, he doesn't, and, and, and you've remember seen it. what we say too, T is that, you know, a lot of these rookie running backs, they lose their opportunities because they can't pick up that blitz and they're not right. going to let the quarterback get hung out. And the reality is, is Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon probably talent wise are pretty close. It's who's going to get the reps. Right. You know, and, and Elijah and Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell has been beating him. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he yeah. got the reps if, and, and you know, they've said that Trey Sermon's pretty locked in now, so he's got it now, but sometimes it takes these guys a year or two. It really does. Yeah. Cause what you don't want him to do, bro, is think. You want them just to react. They know it already. Just they know do. what's going to happen so they can stay fast. When they have to think about it, it's too late. That split second they have to think, it's too late. They've already lost the edge. The guy's coming around them, whatever else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, okay, this is going to be a tough one now, T. And I'm going to let you start off this, guys, with the quarterbacks in this division. But this is a tough one, man, because there's some good quarterbacks in this division. Obviously, we got to throw out Seattle. So this one might be easier on the list, but how you're going to put them, throw your quarterbacks, your top three, T. All right. So number three for me, and I am going to throw out Seattle, right? You can't, I, I, I can't take any, anybody in Seattle serious at all. So that leaves Trey Lance. Number three is Lance, right? He's a rookie. I'm kind of a wait and see with him. He is struggling to pick up the offense. He does have flashes where he just, I mean, to your point, when you were breaking it down, right? If, if those receivers can, can get, you know, in, in the backfield and kind of get a step on, on, you know, <clears throat> the defense, you know, Trey Lance can get that ball there, right? He's got that big arm. He can scramble, but I still wait and see. But so by default, I got him as number three, number two, I got Stafford. The only reason why, even though, yes, he is the Super Bowl winning quarterback, the only reason why I have him as a number two is just because of his age and his durability. He is coming off of having, you know, some tendonitis and some some issues with his elbow. They're going to inject him with some cortisone and do some other things, and he's going to be okay. But ultimately, I think his durability, he's, he's just getting up there in age, right? So I do have some concern about that, and that is the only reason why I have him as number two. And number one, obviously, Kyle Murray. Kyle Murray, he's still young. Yes, durability is an issue because he is kind of a smaller size type of, of quarterback. What is like 5'10", 5'11". I know they think they list him as 5'11", but everybody says he's more closer to 5'9", right? So there is that durability but the guy's a winner, right? And the guy, I mean, he's won his whole entire career and he's only struggled in in the pros. And I don't even think it, you could put it all on him. I think you, you got to put it on his coach too, is a lot of it as well, right? So I really think Kyler Murray is the number one quarterback fantasy relevancy in that division. Oh yeah, no, that's, that's a good take. list. I think that's really what it is and just really gets jumbled around and changed, you know, on who's your flavor. You know, there was a guy that you mentioned, you know, right before you mentioned Kyler Murray right now was Kyle Murray. And I was wondering, man, who who drafted that guy? 
But hey, don't worry, Steve, I got you. You know what I'm saying? But hey, you're there. So, but same sort of thing, man. You know, I mean, to me, you know, Trey Lance, number three. I'm going to put Kyler Murray, number two. I'm going to keep Matt Stafford, number one. You know, and Matt nice. Stafford to me is the mo- again the most intriguing guy in this division again this year because of really he 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 made me eat a little crow last year. I didn't think he was going to be what he did, but when it all shook out, dude, he was getting the numbers, and he got the numbers with a banged up receiving core, and it brought in OBJ at the end of the year to help him. But the reality was it was Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup, and I think that if they have a a healthy receiving core, then they, I, I think he can do just as much as he did last year, if not more, because he's not going to be so dependent on Cooper Cup. Because I don't, I think they're going to try to shut down Cooper Cup. And like you alluded to, they have Allen Robinson on the other side now. I think it's just going to open up for Matthew Stafford, but I think he's going to, he's primed for another big year. But now talking about that, Can't go wrong. yeah, let's, let's go into running backs, man. Running backs, too, is the same sort of thing in this division. There's some good running backs in this division, T. You know, so I'm going to start it off, and I'm going to go with my number three running back. My number three running back in this division is going to be, I got to go with Rashad Penny. I'm not a Rashad Penny fan. I don't, I wouldn't draft him. I don't have any shares of him. I think I drafted him his rookie year because I was high on him coming out of San Diego State. But because of his injury history, because of what he's done, because of everything else, I just can't jump on that train anymore my number two guy would be elijah mitchell we talked about him and my number one guy is going to be cam Akers. and it's like i said to you this do you like him do i like him it doesn't matter because mcveigh loves him so he's my number one guy what about your running backs t wow wow talk about put your nuts out there for cam Akers. Oof. All right, so my number three running back on here, you know, I I I gotta kind of agree with you about the Rashad Penny. So you and I both agree on that for the same reasons, right? I'm I'm not high on him. I have no stakes in fantasy on him, but in this division, yeah, that's the guy, right? My number two in this division is, you know, I I, I differ from you. I. Th- or I think I, I, sorry, I don't remember which one you got, but it's Elijah Mitchell. I think you had him as number two as well. So Elijah Mitchell for me is number two in this division. You know, he's going to be better this year. He's going to progress. And it's, you know, this, this type of, you know, scheme and, and, and this offense is very friendly for running backs. Cause I mean, let, let's face it. When you look at the Niners, they just plug in the next back. It's the next back up, right? And all these guys excel. So it's just a plug and play in that offense. So I got to go with with Elijah Mitchell. And my number one, you'd even mention him, right? You had Cam Akers on your list. I got James Conner, man. Come on. James Conner in this division, in that offense and everything, and what he did last year, yeah, he's going to regress. He's still going to be solid in this offense. He's still going to be the focal point. And I definitely, definitely like James Conner as my number one in fantasy relevancy. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I can see that. But to me, I just look at the system they run. They're a wide open offense. He got lucky last year situationally because of the injuries there. I think he's going to have more timeshare and he's definitely not going to. He's definitely not going to have the same touchdown ratio this year to touches. He just can't keep that up. Nobody can. So 
All right, T, now we're going to go ahead and go into wide receivers, man. You go ahead and start this list, man. You got a lot going on. I know it was tough for you, this list. You talked to me about it. You asked me some questions. What did you end up doing? Ooh, this is probably the toughest wide receiver list that I've had to do since we started doing all of these, right? I mean, it, it just loaded from top to bottom and some good, good kick-ass wide receivers are going to be left off, right? These are all solid dudes, right? But my number three guy's got to be Debo Samuels, right, with, with the Niners. He is going to take take a step back. It is going to be a, a natural regression. But King, let's face it, right? You always say follow the money and Debo got the bag which means he's going to be a focal point of this offense. He's going to get his. And so for that, I can't, I can't, you know, take him off of this list. I can't leave him off. So he's number three. My number two guy is going to be D hop. I know this sounds kind of crazy. I know he's suspended for six games, but Hey, you know what? When he comes back, he's going to blow up. Right. And I'm going to tell everybody that's listening to this, if you can pick him up, which you probably, there's going to be guys that are not even going to be drafting him. You're going to be able to pick him up at the end of your draft. He's going to go undrafted. If you can get him, get him because you got a number one guy on your roster just after the sixth week and he's going to ball out. He's going to be a stud. And for that, he's number two. And number one, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup had a monster year last year. His chemistry with Stafford. I mean, they're going to roll this thing back. There might be some natural regression, but still, he's going to get big numbers. And you can't you can't argue with Cooper Cup. And that's my list. About. So, yeah, no, great list, T. And this is, I think this is the toughest part of this division. Again, to me, man, I had multiple things to do. I cheated a little bit, T, and I know you're going to give me shit. But I got a 3A and a 3B oh. and then a 2 and a 1. Come oh. on, man. This no, is no. Tough, dude. Come on, dude. I had to chop it down. You're killing okay, me. Okay, my three, my number three guy is a hybrid guy of Alvin Robinson and Brandon Ayuk. I just couldn't pick between them. I think they're both going to take big steps. Robin Uke? Just the way it is. It's Robin Uke? There you go, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Ayuk. It's Alan Ayuk, Doug. Yeah, Alan Ayuk. Fuck, dude, what? So my number three guy is Alan Ayuk. Alan Robinson, Brandon Ayuk. My number two guy, Cooper Cup. Ooh. My number one guy, Debo. I still think Debo is going to be more consistent and closer to what he did last year because they're going to feature him because he did get the bag, like you said, bro. I just think the regression is going to come with Cooper Cup. Everything set up perfect for Cooper Cup last year. Robert Woods injury, no other receivers stepping up. Van Jefferson actually got hurt during the year as well. There was no one else to throw the fucking ball to. I think this year with Allen Robinson is going to take a lot of those targets away. So I, I think Cooper Cup's going to have a great year, but I think he's going to get down to a little bit of normalcy for him. Remember what he was before that. He'll be better than he was before that but he's not going to come close to what he did last year. And I think folks would be disappointed. That's a fair point. That's a very fair point. You know, and the, what about the tight ends in this division, T? I mean, really, you know, there's not many. I mean, there's no relevancy in Seattle. It's just Zach Ertz. Tight end. It's Disley. You it's know, Zach I mean, Ertz in, in Arizona. He, that's it. Well, I mean, but is he even really relevant? I know you're high on him. I think he's old and over. You know what I mean? I think it's a young man's league. But, I mean... Is there anybody else other than Kittle? 
I think Kittle's the class. You know, and I still think even with his injury, I think Kittle's the class there, and I think he has the physical ability to have these monster games. Other than that, I Ertz is the 10 yards in a cloud of dust, dude. Right. No, okay. So here's the thing, and, and here's the only reason why from a fantasy standpoint, right? I think Kittle is the class, right? However, Kittle, the last two seasons, has been hurt a lot, right? He's missed a lot of time the last two seasons. So he hasn't been that fantasy relevant to where Zach Ertz has been very, very healthy the last two years and put up solid numbers. So if you're looking just to to get points out of your tight end, you know, or if you're looking for the boom bust, right? If you're looking at just, hey, if he goes down, oh, well, but if but if he's healthy and he can get me some big points. Yeah, go Kittle. Good point, man. Good point. All right, man. So just getting past that now, who do you think will be your fantasy MVP? Oh, you know, that's a tough one, but I got to go Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is going to be MVP of this division. I think he's going to, he's, he's got a lot to prove. He got the bag, right? He, he's not holding out anymore. You know, he, he added them back, the team back to his Instagram and all that drama's kind of past him now. And he's got a lot of, he heard all the critics. So I think he's got a lot to, to prove. No, and you know what? Hey, you know, more power to him. He was probably the top quarterback in fantasy last year in the first six or seven weeks before he went down. So, I mean, that's a good solid pick. He's not really putting nothing out there. I'm putting it out there. My elite, my division MVP this year is going to be Allen Robinson. I think the step and what this guy brings, he's still, he's, a, he's on the back end of his prime, but he's still in his prime. And... I think that that acquisition is being not looked at like what the impact it's going to have. And I think this guy has the potential to equal, if not actually have better numbers than Cooper Cup this year, just because the defense is going to be so keyed on Cooper Cup. I just think it's going to be hard for him to really be fantasy relevant just because I don't think Stafford's going to force the ball like that. And when you got a one-on-one with Allen Robinson, who's bigger, stronger, and faster than anybody covering him, yeah, I'm taking that all day long. So there it is, brother. That, that is your, putting your nuts out there. There it is. Who's your bust of the division? Trey Lance. My bust of the division is Trey Lance only because I think they're putting the kid out there a little bit too early. I I think I think the stage is going to be a little bit too big for him. We only saw him, you know, th- what? Very limited last year in three you know, like what, three times? I mean, so I, I don't I don't really see much from him or I don't expect a lot from him, but I know that the Niners are kind of rolling him out, trying to make him out to be something bigger than what he's going to be this year. I mean, that's a fair point. You know, I I, I guess I have more faith in Shanahan as probably the, the, the best play caller in the NFL now because Peyton's gone. Sean Peyton's retired or taking hiatus, whatever he's doing, but needed to be out of New Orleans. But, I mean, I get it. You know what I mean? And I get the understanding of that pick, but you want to know my bust, man? I would love to hear that. Kyler Murray. <laughs> and, yeah, dude, I know, man. I'm From just, a boom I, bust, no, you're, it's, a good, I, it's a good one. It really I, is. And, that, and that's what I'm thinking. You know, I, just, I think he was just so on an upward trajectory last year. I really think the contract thing fucked him up. I really think now he has that entitlement again, or he feels like he has that entitlement again. I think they need to keep him hungry. You know, that's just my theory. 
but I think he's going to have the most regression. And I like Trey Lance, dude. I really do. I'm a little bit higher on Trey Lance than you. A lot higher, I guess. But I, I think out of all those guys, and again, remember the last show what we talked about. We talk about their bust. It's versus where they're being drafted and what their projected numbers are going to be. I just don't know if he's going to sustain that. And I think that it's going to show again this year that he's really, really exposed to injury being that small. Fast as hell, man. Little dude's fast as fuck. But when they catch him, dude, oh, man, it's not pretty. You know no, what no, I mean? So. You're right. And that's that's w- when you put it in the lens of how we framed it last last episode, right? You're absolutely right. But the reason why I took Trey Lance is because of the hype train and you you know there's going to be freaking dinguses that are going to go and they're going to they're going to believe the hype. And yes, Shanahan he's what? he's a freaking Wait goon. a minute, dude. Wait what? a minute. Right. That's exactly. me getting on the hype train, dog, because I'm on it's, the hype train. I am on I'm the Trey Lance hype train, dog. I'm telling you, man. Chugga, chugga, but chugga, 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 there's going to be chugga. dudes that are going to draft him so high, so high. And it would be a disservice for me to sit here and say, yeah, man, that's a great pick. No, no, the kid's not ready for that yet. He might be next year, but this year, no, nah, I can't say that. I'm on the train, dog. Get on the train because you know, you're going to hey, fall This off. is a very intriguing division, dude. It, it is. There's a lot to swallow and a lot to digest on this thing. You know what I mean? It really is. And I know you like to swallow. So that's probably what's going on right now with Trey Lance, dog. You know what I mean? So I get it, dude. I get it. No, there's just a lot here. And, and same with all the all the positions here. You know, what do you do with those guys in Seattle? You got two top fantasy wide receivers. Are they going to be relevant? Who's going to take them? They're in limbo, what kind of dude. productivity are you going to get? There's a lot of questions in this division, T. A lot. But More questions than hey, answers. We're going to have to let it go now because we got let other divisions go. to roll on to and another let show to get go. to. So we are out until the next show, T. Nice. See you on the next one, King. Later. <laughs>